0: We're talking about payroll, brought to you by People Advisory, which we're not going to actually read an ad now. but our spokesperson, Miss Nicole McKenzie of Momentum Accounting. Let's talk about payroll. Sons of CPA's bonus episode where Nix and Scott share small but useful piece of practical advice as it relates to running their professional accounting firms. Brought to you by the letter P. It is payroll.
1: <laughs> so
0: that you you can buy real estate in the meta. Is yes. this for real? Like I this think it's in
1: the meta. It's in the meta or what are How those come things? I'm not
0: surprised though? Like that just seems normal to me now. Like this is what I watched in movies growing up. Like people would live in their digital world and pay for their digital clothes and their digital hats, and they're gonna look cool like digitally. I said this on the episode yesterday, I think we are currently in the meta. I know we're not, like we're still gonna be in the same room, but we're also like right now, sorry, let me contextualize. Everything we're doing is remote for our firm. We don't have an office anymore. We don't have as much in-person interaction with clients, but we're still interacting with all of them and they're all over the world. I feel like we're in the meta. It's just 2D right now. It's just like 2D comics or 2D um, entertainment that somebody grew up seeing 2D entertainment, like comics, and then they're watching shit on TV, you know?
1: Yeah. Imagine if you could just buy a sick office in the metaverse and then everyone just goes, but you're actually at your house walking around, but you're there. You're like next to your coworker.
0: That's crazy. That'd be sweet. That's so cool. I'm excited for the metaverse and i want to see what it entails for me entertainment wise i think that's going to be fun as hell to like be in a tv show or be in a movie like have it surround you wouldn't that be dope that's what i want to see all right so payroll let's talk about your experience talk to me about payroll why are we going to talk about payroll today nicole
1: no i was just thinking back so i started momentum about five years ago when i first started momentum i wanted nothing to do with payroll i was like i want to (laughs) do accounting that's (laughs) it And one of our first clients was a tech startup, and I met this guy in my networking group that had a payroll company. And so they were like, yeah, we want to use this company, Gusto. And at that time, I wasn't super familiar with Gusto, and I didn't want to manage payroll. So I was like, use this, this other guy, really great. He'll do your payroll for you. And it turned out to be this just like antiquated payroll system. Everything was on. It was like paper reports that we would have to get to book all the journal entries. So Yeah. I realized real quick that payroll is a big part of what we do as accountants. And then over the next five years, it became, you know, something that we would do if clients asked us to do. And then now it's, okay, now we're actually selling payroll services. So it's been a long journey from not wanting to do any payroll services to actually selling payroll services. And now we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, how do we price, package, sell, deliver? It's a
0: lucrative business to be in it, can it is if you do it but right don't chase the dollar signs because the compliance is a bitch
1: it's a pain in the ass yes and that's the more now that we have clients that are growing quickly hiring everywhere especially since after covid it's like we're just in compliance hell right now and so we're at the point where we're just like rethinking the way that we deliver the services
0: so we did hard. after the fact payroll at our firm when I first started. And that was like 10 years ago. After the fact payroll, it is where client is giving you how much they paid the employee, you gotta back into the taxes. Say, <laughs> or you have to back, it, you have to calculate the taxes and tell them what they need to run. So they tell you their hours, you calculate it, you give them the amounts, and then on the back end, you're processing all the paperwork with the state and the federal. And we did that and actually it was you make some good money doing it. You create the processes. You make it quick. You fill them out. I mean, I'm, I'm saying I'm justifying it because there's offices that still do that in this in this world, in this country. Maybe even listeners, people that are doing after the fact payroll. So, so you, no would you would actually you hadn't even heard of it.
1: Yeah. You would actually mail in tax forms. Yes. Wow. Yes.
0: Eventually we got to file them online. So have you ever filed anything online like with the state? sales tax i'm sure you do sales tax
1: yeah i mean where we would go online to the state website
0: and you pay the state sales okay yeah california yeah so you've got to deal with that think about that times payroll right i had five different irs logins like one was irs fire system for 1099s and shit so all of these things now are automated for us which is great Um,
1: i remember my old firm Ramona and I were together last night. We were just reminiscing when we used, when Gusto had the payrolls or not Gusto, but when zero had the payroll
0: product. <laughs> that was after the fact, right? That was pretty you much. Know, after I don't the know fact. what it
1: was, but I remember I had no idea what I was doing. Cause I had joined, I was in the tax department and then I moved over to the cash department and we were running payroll and, and I had never run payroll before. Right. And so zero, mm-hmm. they, they would process and record the payroll, but then you actually had to pay it and we weren't, Paying it for a whole year, so the the client got this Gee. tax notice. It was like two hundred thousand dollars of payroll taxes, and, and they're like, "Didn't weren't you paying it?" I'm like, "I don't know." I <laughs> had no idea what if, I was doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh god, we're de- we're dealing with it right now. We had somebody with three different companies, like they owe maybe a hundred and fifty thousand, some crazy number. I don't even know, and haven't paid them. All of it was just in QuickBooks as a suggestion. Yeah, not really. I mean, I think they knew. And QuickBooks, we get QuickBooks clients that do that shit all the time. Like, and this one, they're gonna get ERC and it's probably gonna negate what they owed in payroll taxes, which is crazy to me too. Like that's that's a unique situation, but yeah. Yeah, and talk I Talk about payroll.
1: That's the concern there, right? It's the products that will calculate it for you and record it on your books, but they're not actually remitting the tax payment. And there's confusion there versus something like ADP or Gusto where they're actually moving the money and making the payments for you. And part of our job as accountants, right, is to make sure that, or tracking the liability on the balance sheet and tying that out to something so that there isn't this huge <laughs> balance that grows that the client doesn't know about until yep. they meet with their accountant at the end of the year.
0: So I remember the days when I think the biggest lift that ADP did for us, this is before the days of Zen payroll. This is before the days of Gusto, right? ADP, like that's what we moved to ADP because everything was drafted. So there was no liability you you weren't the trust fund for all of the state you know because we had clients that didn't even have enough money to pay their own payroll taxes they would spend all the money and then oh because it was after the
1: fact yeah what a nightmare
0: it was crazy so that's why i moved everybody to adp because all these fucking adp actually has pretty good controls in place i don't even know like i have no idea how gusto runs it but i'm pretty sure it's like adp would would lock people out of their accounts or require like a 10 grand deposit if they ever had overdraft because ADP floats the money. So everything gets deposited the next day and they float it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Gusto does the same thing. So they have like two day or actually I could run it on like 6 p.m., 8 p.m. sometimes and it'll hit the next day because ADP floats it as long as you do it almost before midnight. So we've taken advantage of that, but that has nothing to do with it. I think it's just, it's our fee was drafted with ADP and there were no fees on that so that's almost how everybody was paying us too so we were drafting our fee every time we ran a payroll we knew the employee count we knew all the metrics we knew everything we build them and ran it right with their payroll too that was fun back in the day now everything's on auto draft anyway so it don't matter but that's what felt like auto draft that was fun that was our ghetto ghetto auto draft right but yeah we have clients on adp and gusto so i don't have any favorites on that end so
1: yeah i feel like gusto's done a good job of trying to be a good partner for accountants like you said there's pros and cons but for example they recently just released their people advisory accelerator program so uh, myself and josh lance and michael lee and Kenji, we and were Kenji Plus. we were sort of the beta testers for that, or we would meet weekly and go through the pro or they were, they were building the program and working with us on that. So that sort of got me really thinking about payroll services. So I started pushing it more after we went through that program. But I think we still have a lot more to do in terms of.
0: <sighs> well, it's a mindset shift in how we interact with our clients. And I've tried that recently and it really works with new clients because you set the tone and and you establish the relationship on the right front this is cool and i think it's a brand new like bright future right for us to be able to to really productize everything we do into different segments and they do a really good job but that's one person that's dedicated to it up and down right and so you got to be on your toes and, and deal with the States and figure stuff out and be able to call them and ask them that compliance loop. That's the difficult part about anything. But I think it, to me right now, when I philosophize about it, it's just the reality that we live, in, right? It's what we have to deal with until it gets easier. So if you know what you're going to getting into up front, and you've done this before, you know how to price it. And I think that's the part that I like is we can productize all of this, And then,
1: yeah, no, I I definitely think it's something. One, I think it's it's something we we can't get away from. We have to offer it. It's something that our clients expect, and it deepens the relationship that we have with our clients. Yeah, the second thing is
0: absolutely necessary.
1: That that we've been trying to figure out because we're a small team, we have a small portfolio of clients, but it's getting bigger. And right now, multiple people on our team are doing payroll for their clients that they're managing. Where I see it going is like us having one person like you guys do, right? Or we have one person that manages everything. So if they, they register at the state of Washington... They know how to do that already versus Ramona goes and registers with the state of Washington. Jen goes and registrates for a different client. And like, we're doing all this duplication of work or there's a weird sure, thing in there that I don't out. know how to do. But somebody else we're figuring out the
0: new states as we go, though, like just kind of we have one person that's willing. that's up for the challenge. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's what I, that's what we try to do is like pull out the recurring services and price those that are known. But then it's all these state issues that come up. That we're trying to figure out like, do we include that in the recurring price or do we pull those out and say this is an additional fee? Because if something goes totally wrong with some state and we have to spend all this time doing it, like, are we going to be able to recoup that? So, do you guys, any new state registrations, we're going to deal deal with that and it's included in this package or do you charge an additional fee? For
0: we it? charge per state just a dollar value, like 425 or something like that. And is that to to on top A-tron. of actually
1: managing payroll? That's an additional fee on top of. Yeah,
0: that's just always something. separate. So that's always, uh, like we, we are a firm that's based on compliance, like on the back end. So every time there's anything compliance related, we can charge a lot for. I mean, you know, that's a decent amount. It's not a, a ton, but for a client, like at least we're getting our money's worth. And ever we do something like that, even if we have to add an employee, it's like 75 bucks or something, you know? So oh, almost wow. everything we build okay. for is related to that. The things that they have to do, right? That's that's almost been my philosophy on the back end is charge them for the shit you have to do and do everything else that you want to do that they want you to do, like somewhere yeah. in the middle on a subscription. And and that's where we've muddied the waters, right? We've, we've got payroll mixed in there. We've got other things. And we have to make the waters a little clearer and, and uncloudy and say, this is what this is. This is, I'm just thinking about recent proposals. And a lot of the ones that just got accepted were people that needed shit right before the end of the year. And it's like, can you figure out how much I made this year? So I, should, I, I know how much I should take as a salary, you know? So are you actively
1: so, selling payroll services when you go through your sales calls? Are you, are you asking about that?
0: We are, I just kind of, lately I've just been letting them dictate it. And then we just charge them for what they need ultimately. And then, I think later I'll go back and clean up the mess. Because I think right now there's just a lot we could be leaving on the table. I got to charge some people for some onboarding that we didn't bill for. I think we just did that. But like it's like all different things. Mostly it's just monthly contracts. I don't even know what the question was. I forgot. (laughs)
1: Well, I think like uh, what ends up happening for us, for the clients that we don't do payroll for, is that we see all these gusto notifications coming through. And we're like, you're doing it wrong. Like We have clients that we don't manage to pay for and they're going in and signing up for ERC credits and we're looking at their financial statements and they don't qualify. Be and so then That'll we got so and we see, we just, we just end up seeing all these things that they're doing wrong and so, oh, and they don't wow. want to pay for the payroll services, but what role is it for us to step in and help Oh, them, so
0: you've right? got a client. And Gusto has made it that easy to do an ERC so they could click the buttons and oh. say yes to something that might not be true. We
1: have multiple that's a That's clients. a real thing now. We have multiple clients and it, it just ended up- And they've up gotten like their checks? Some, a lot of them got like one check and then the other ones have like, like one of them had $200,000 accrued because they had a, a huge payroll that they pay out. And so they had an ERC receivable wow, on the balance sheet that crazy. Gusto pushed through. And I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell is this? And so we started digging- And we had two or three clients that turned it on, and it just kept accruing the credit. Some of them. Oh man, do you think
0: Gusto could be responsible for something like that if they're signing off on these things?
1: Well, I'm thinking that if the IRS signer, like, what if the
0: IRS went after the like the perpetrator? And in Mm -hmm. in a lot of these cases, the client's not signing their own return. The IRS is—it's easier for somebody to go after a massive amount of recurring. You know, they, to get the dealer, like the the head dealer, who's yeah. dealing to all the smaller guys, right? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. well, that that's well, what yeah. Gusta go after I the mean, that's go a, after the dealer, not the the people who are buying the drugs, right? Well, what I think is going to end up happening is the IRS is going to start auditing people, and they're going to find out what payroll companies are shooting through ones that. Who the,
0: knows? We yeah, right? we can't predict what's going to happen, and I don't think the IRS is listening to this but they they will make their own call on that and i'm pretty sure somebody is going to be in some trouble it's like that's when they're going to you know clean up their mess too there's a lot of money out here now
1: well i'm wondering as so as part of preparing the tax return are are you or do you think other tax accountants are looking at that the ERC credit oh yeah
0: somebody wants to be the the whistleblower right like somebody wants to catch that shit because it's a lot
1: yeah, so that's because I don't do I, would, I don't do taxes so that's what I was wondering is when the tax accountants go and do the tax return is is that then on them to make sure that credit's proper and if it's not they have to end up owing the money back with their tax income tax return or would it just come through would it just be a payroll thing
0: yeah it's um interesting because I don't. I, but i'm
1: just thinking about um, my point is they those are the clients that they didn't have us managing their payroll but think about how many small business owners out i don't there think are this is Gusto's gusto fault. Own.
0: i think gusto is doing this to make it easier for their users and and they may have shot themselves in the foot
1: they are you know? yeah but people don't understand that you have to show the 20% reduction in revenue or the 50% and they're, in order to qualify, so, it's going to end up being the clients that are hit and saying, hey, you got this $100,000 ERC credit, you have to pay it back now if they yeah. received it is, is going to be the problem. And so I think that's, I think I guarantee you there's tons and tons of, of business owners that weren't- Everybody with them,
0: wants to claim ignorance when they know they're doing <laughs> something wrong. They want to eventually say, you know what, you know, I didn't pay attention, right? You know, you, you know, you're doing something wrong. I think the person doing that ultimately probably knew- They were not doing the right thing.
1: That's my point is going back to the fact that we aren't managing payroll, but we see these things happening. What is our responsibility to say something to them or correct a mistake that they make, whether it's the ERC or anything? So
0: we have licenses and we should have some integrity. We take ethics courses. Shouldn't we, like, where where do we draw the line? This is a question. This is fuzzy area. But where do we draw the line? Because we know, like, you know, Right, that they probably shouldn't have done this. You could tell them you guys should return this because you're not eligible. And would you, or do you feel like you're the bad guy if you do that? No, that's, or exactly, do you not care? That,
1: that's exactly what we've done. We we notify them, and then they said, "Oh, you know, that was ignorance on my part. I didn't know what I was doing." And then we so you've got it, got it, it on them. record
0: that you corrected it. Whatever it is, you've got it on record that you stood by what they should have done, and your hands are clean.
1: My whole point of this is that was a one example, but I'm saying that there's certain clients that they don't want to pay for payroll services, but we can, because we see th- their oh, account. That's
0: how we went down we this path. We know <laughs> that <laughs> there <laughs> are
1: things that they do wrong incorrectly all the time. And it's frustrating because we're, we will bring these things up and help them for free, but then they don't want to actually pay for payroll services. We're like, that's the point of paying for payroll services is because we do things correctly. So it just gets a little bit awkward because we don't know when we should step in versus when we just like say, well, you didn't want to buy payroll services from us. So we're just going to watch you do that thing wrong
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. To well, their
1: benefit or not to their benefit. Uh, anyway. Well,
0: have you dealt with some stuff recently that you're getting off of payroll wise payroll on your mind?
1: Oh yeah. The last two months of just, we've been in payroll, held just all the state compliance issues just weird things happening with between, like I said, the clients that don't want to pay for it, but then people stepping in on our team to help save the day because they're doing it wrong. Um, So
0: should we, or shouldn't we do payroll listeners call our (laughs) 1-900 number, call our 1-900 number and and tell us, do you offer payroll services?
1: You know, it was really interesting. I got, so occasionally, I don't know if you get these, but sometimes we'll get, so I got an email, like a cold email from somebody that was looking to buy accounting firms And they said they wanted wanted payroll to be no more than 5% of the total revenue. So out of curiosity, I responded. And I said, why payroll only 5%? And he said, payroll services are very low margin. And I was really surprised by that because I disagree. I don't think that – I think they can be low margin, but I think that they can also be very high margin if you do them correctly. So So – Despite the if you fact price that price them correctly, price them and too. service it correctly, right? Yeah. Um, so, I have yes, lately been very frustrated with our team has been frustrated with payroll and all of the issues it's creating. But it's because it's a new service that we're providing, and so we're we're going we're facing these hurdles that we're working through, right? And we're building systems around them, and we're getting the right resources. Um, we're working with a contract subcontractor now that will do all of the state registrations for us so our team doesn't have to deal with that and I think long term we'll end up hiring a full-time person that will just do payroll services but it's going through those bumps that is creating some issues but I think if you use the right technology like a service like Gusto you can make payroll profit profitable I just got an email uh Michelle here reaching out from Gusto PR and comms team for an exa- exciting opportunity with accounting today we're in touch with a reporter who's working on a special report titled Beyond Payroll, Adding HR Services and More. <laughs> the report looks for how accounting firms can get into payroll adjacent spaces like HR, consulting, benefits, admin, temporary staffing and executive search.
0: Uh, we were we were going to do that, too. We were going to I had somebody that got certified SHRM as the what's the SHRM, the SHRM certification. Uh, yeah, I called it shrimp. There's no P in there, but I used to say shrimp because I just thought it looked shrimpy. So we didn't end up doing it, but these are the kind of things that you keep seeing because we're already intimately involved with their financials. So why not be intimately involved with the rest of their back office?
1: Well, what I realized, so after I went through the accelerator or during, I got all gung ho. I was like, I'm going to build an HR services line. Exactly. Like you said, hire someone, blah, blah, blah. What I realize is that payroll is very different than like in HR services. So we have an, a client that is an HR company, HR consulting company, and we do their payroll for them because she doesn't know how to do payroll. And then we have a client that recently hired an HR person and she didn't know how to do payroll. So we're doing payroll for them. So I'm realizing that payroll is kind of like bookkeeping and accounting mm-hmm. and then... Mm-hmm. HR is like CFO services where people think that they're the same. Oh, different. And yeah. we always, I, in my head, was like, oh, HR is payroll, payroll is HR. It's completely different.
0: So I, I like your big idea. You draw <laughs> out a correlation between payroll yeah. and and HR and then and CFO HR. advisory services over bookkeeping.
1: Yes, one's recurring, right? And easy oh, to scope. Oh, I the see where your head's at. And the other one is more, I see as where the your client at, needs yeah. it, more consultative. So we have now have three clients signed up for, no, we, we're charging, I think we have three of them that signed up like 1600 bucks a month I for like CFO it. services. I don't want to do HR services because it's the same problem where it's one-off, it's as needed, it's this big things happening. So I'm just trying to carve out everything that's recurring and build that into the recurring services. The compliance we kind of have to do. So I'm outsourcing that to a a subcontractor and then HR. We'll see, you know, if we could, if I can figure that out one day down the road, but it's just not a right now thing because I think it's going to be hard to figure out how to get that into like a recurring revenue model rather than a one-off. But it takes, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, what parts of it, are repetitive, what parts of it become, you know, that more or less routine. And then the rest of it, what's an art? You know, start
1: Yeah. I know. So that's what we did with accounting services over um basically just carved out everything we know that happens at least once a year and said, okay, we'll offer these services. And so with HR yeah. services, you could do the same thing, right? You could say like every well, year you do benefits admin, every year you have to do a workers comp audit every year. You're going to do annual look, reviews. But last- I'll tie back into like, should I offer payroll and HR services? And how should I do that? Anything and it's included in the price. Or do you want to say this is that's why it goes back to, I think, picking out the recurring services that you that's the known and then the unknown having that sort of like, OK, we build anything out of scope by the hour, but it's not going to be something that happens all the time because I have to manage capacity. I can't just have you asking for all these hourly things all the Mm -hmm. time. And then my team's already at full capacity. I have nobody to actually do the services for you. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Well, I have to realize too, before we sign off is that I am spending way too much time doing the podcast stuff and not enough time in my email. (laughs) And I got to dive back into email. So I'm going to sign off for a little bit. I might be uh, figuring shit out. I got to, I might be checking my email for a day or two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I almost got it down to less than a hundred. I try to oh, keep my God. inbox to less than fifty because then I can manage it in my head. Me too. I have to do a bunch of work.
1: Me too. Yeah, that cause uh, Well, what I do try, try to, to keep, keep that fifty because the
0: um, the max allowed on one page is fifty.
1: Yes, <laughs> on <Yeah>. Google. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get stressed out when I get to the bottom. I'm like, yes, and then I'm like, oh, I have a hundred, and I have to go write one more and do like double. I hate that.
0: Yep. If I can get my list down to one page, I can push it to the next day because it's one piece of paper. That's my email. I love that you do that, too. Like, I I love to hear people's email habits now because I'm paying more attention to that. That's the only thing I got to manage right now.
1: All right. We better get going here.
0: I'm going to sign off for, for today. And this is going to be a marathon to edit because I was high.
1: Have a good night. I'll see you later.
0: See ya.